This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! Drive out with a car! With your host, Mark Martinez. Remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. And the English professor. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. Hey, this is former WWE superstar Duke, the dumpster, Drosy, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Can Crushers Podcast. I am your host, Mark Martinez. Alongside of me this week is the co-host, the guru, the man, the myth, the legend, the, I don't know, Mr. Chad Perana. You were doing good until you said, I just don't know. You could have kept going. I know. I we, got a, we got a couple hours. You could have kept going. Stroke that ego. Yeah, stroke yeah. that ego. Yeah. So this is kind of a different uh, episode for us. We're going to touch on what went on. I mean, briefly touch on what went on this week in professional wrestling. And we dive into Starcade 85, The Gathering. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a great show. Yeah. One of the, one of the best pay-per-views I'd say ever. Yeah, yeah. But let's start off. What is hot right now, Chad? What is hot right now? Alexa Bliss. Have you watched Tiger King yet? No. Are you going? <laughs> Why? I have, heard, watch... I have heard so much, and now you're telling me the train wreck that it is. It's just something that you got to watch because it's a train wreck. Joe Exotic, uh, guys. If you have not watched Tiger King yet. You have to get it. Uh, subscribe to Netflix just for this, for the love of God. I, I've i been off work for a week due to my injury. Uh, I do go back tomorrow uh, to see how that all pans out. Um, so I watched it by myself. The kid wasn't home. The wife wasn't. It's me and the dog watched it one day. He slept through a lot of it. And I've been engulfed with the Tiger King. Yesterday, my wife was like, what? The Christ uh, is this tiger thing going on because she's not into it just as much as I am. So I rewatched it yesterday with her. I'm getting anybody and everybody to watch this. It's all over my personal Facebook. Why I like it so much, Chad, is he's linked to NWA Texcoma back in the day. Right. Um, he puts on shows at a zoo, and I don't want to give it away. If you guys have not watched it, please. Uh, lions and monkeys and death and dismemberment and divorce uh, and divorce and death drugs and drugs. And it's just lots of drugs, from what I've heard. It's unbelievable. If it is a quarantine time in your household, um, and we'll touch on that now. Uh, this is something that'll pass about eight hours, and it goes by fast. It's kind of like a kidney stone. It is not like kidney stones. <laughs> kidney stones also suck. So, again, uh, I should have led with this. Um, this is a rough time right now. Like, this is... It still has not, at time of recording, been documented that it hit our county in El County, Pennsylvania. But it's, it's climbing closer, Chad. This coronavirus um, is... I'll say it now. To me, I'm almost... You know, worried, yes, but I, I'm almost scared. I, I really am. And if it's because of the media, you guys want to say whatever, whatever. 
dudes and dudettes, the numbers are out there. People are dying in masses. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say, I don't want to say I underestimated it. I thought it was a lot being blown up a lot more. But it is, it is becoming a very serious thing. Um, I personally think we're going to see, <clears throat> because of the testing becoming available and stuff like that, that uh, we're going to see a surge in cases. Especially in our um, area where we have none yet. Yeah, we're going to see nationwide, I think, a surge in cases uh, over the next week to two weeks. And then I think it's going to start to peter down after that. Um, I see now that uh, the president, regardless of what you think of him, there's going to be severe travel restrictions put on certain states that have the god-awful amount of cases. Uh, New York comes Florida. to mind uh, right off the bat because New York has the most cases. And again, it goes to international airport, the traveling, everybody trying to get out of those countries and back to the U.S. That's, that's how we're getting it. Either way, people... If you're not in the the age groups where this can, you know, affect or do the most damage, so to speak, um, you know, the twenty something, thirty something age group, you can still carry it. Right. You can still get it. You can still pass it on. You can pass it on to you know, even Mark's son, thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen. My little boys, five, are going to be turning six. Or you can pass it on. Grandma the, and Grandpa. Yeah. Stay in. Don't just, don't be stupid. It's driving me nuts being in the house a lot. I get out. I'll take the pups out for a walk in the woods, stuff like that. I'd like to get out more. I'd like to be doing more. But at the same token, the longer we screw around, the longer it lasts. The longer it's going to take. And so help me, if a ring of, my Ring of Honor thing in June gets canceled like the Crockett Cup did, I'm going to have somebody strung up by the balls. Hey, now. Hey, watch In the those. basement. Watch those. Well, I'm sorry, man. Watch sorry, those. bad comment. I'm going to have somebody strung up by their fingernails. Um, no, but seriously, people, stay in. Check on your, you know, neighbors, your elderly neighbors, uh, stuff like that. Just stay in. Find, thing, find things to do. Guys, this is, this is the time... I think, and I'm going to revert it here, and if we get people turning off, because I'm going to say this right now, um, I'm Catholic, so this is kind of, and uh, like the new life for us is coming out, Easter's right around the corner, I'm not going to dive into details, you guys know the religion and everything, but I'm taking this as uh, much needed family time, yeah, I would have been off work anyway with my situation, but you know what's cool? Like, we legit sat down, and we played Trivial Pursuit on the Switch. We spent the money to try to figure out Animal Crossing, because I have no idea still what's going on in Animal Crossing. Uh, baseball, for me, the wife's watching stuff. It is just that we're, we're spending time, and we're comfortable. I'm not running here. I would like to be running the wrestling shows, but we're not. But it, it's taking family time and showing that during the hustle and bustle of life, I think we need some more of this. You know, let, let's step back and say, all right, in my family, we do the podcast on Sundays and nothing else after church. That is it. We take Sunday and 
It's not that we don't want anybody else coming over. We take and make it a, a triple threat day between my wife, my son, and myself. Throw the dog in as a referee, and we just relax, get into something together. Um, that's what we need in this world more. We yeah, really I, think I, I hate to use the word is being thrown around so much. Um, essential. Essential employees. No, you, this is... You got to see what's essential to your life right now, your family. What's you know the most important is my. I'll be totally honest. Is my five year old driving me up the wall sometimes? Hell yeah! Oh yes. My thirty six year old is. It's my wife. I'm not going to comment on that one because mine listens to this. Um, to, you, this is what's what's really important. You know, family, close friends. Um, would I like to be out doing more? Oh, yeah, but at the same token, a uh, little bit of sacrifice now. What's well, an old saying that our parents pound or an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? I'm going to tell you, people, if you haven't seen how the, what the test is for this. This is unbelievable. You don't want to go through this. They take a swab. It goes in your nose and all the way back. To your sinuses through whatever look this up it goes three quarters of the way back your skull speaking of somebody who had to be on a, a monitor years ago a, a soft tube through my nose and down through my throat for an injury in that this is worse than that and i'm going to tell you that sucked when they put that tube in me it took four people to hold me down it was that bad, and it wasn't that I was thrashing, fighting them or anything. It's that uncomfortable. Now imagine something sturdy like a swab or the metal uh, hook like they're using. Come on, guys. It, it just stay in. And, you know, Mark mentioned something. I'm not, I, I, I'm not a, a, a holy roller, so to speak, however you want to put practicing it. Catholic, um, practicing Catholic. Practicing religion, yeah. I, I believe in God. I go, you know, I go to church probably not as often as I should have or I should. Um, but somebody, uh, a dear friend of ours posted this earlier. And when Mark brought this up, this straight out of the, um, out of the Bible Whenever I hold back the rain or send locusts to eat up the crops or send an epidemic on my people, if they pray to me and repent, turn away from the evil they've been doing, then I will hear them in heaven, forgive their sins, and make their land prosperous again. This is, this is where you need to turn to the good man above. This is one of the times where he needs to hear your prayers. If you're not a religious person, that's fine, but... For those of us who are, who believe in a higher power in that, there's a reason this stuff was written. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I was going to, I, I can't follow that. That was sprung on me. I didn't even know you were going to do that. Thank you. That uh, That's awesome. Um, if you want to know about the test Chad was talking about, um, head to Kyle Davis. Everybody's like, who the hell is Kyle Davis? He's one. He's part of the broadcasting team for NWA. He has taken the test. He is now self quarantining because he he has some symptoms. Um, go to his Facebook page. He talks about it. 
and it is the he pretty much says it's the worst pain in his life that he's ever gone through. So I've had uh, what's the uh, I can't think of the thing that they do for kidney stones. Um, they smash them. You mean no? Like that? They, no, the the tube that they put up your hoo ha hoo ha. Um, to Side suction. I can't. Okay. Oh, uh, catheter. No. That's what they put up there. Not a, it's not a catheter. It's not for peeing out of. It's to open oh, the things up. Oh, the camera that like shocks them and rips them out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's the the pain is worse than worse than that. Yeah. Uh, um, guys, literally, literally, if you can stay the hell home, wash your hands. I know you sound like we sound like the CDC right now, but. This is this is something that we all need to really take into effect because if my buddy Nick Galbo's couple month baby gets sick because you had to go visit, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Or if grandma gets sick and ends up in ICU, there's gonna be issue. Um, we're forty, we're in our forties, and we we're the ones that yes we can get it, but we're the ones that are most likely be the carriers. Um, stay the hell home. Enjoy your family. Watch wrestling. Uh, listen to other podcasts, guys. There's there's tons of shit out there. There every, really is. Just every, enjoy life right now. Yeah, every everything I'm I'm finding, and yeah, I'm behind the times. Podcast wise, everything that you could want to listen to, you can find stuff on. Um, you know, I I like hunting and stuff like that. I found a couple that I've enjoyed listen listening to. Um, one thing, medical advice, I'm going to throw out there. It's coming out about this. Good time to mention it. Do not use ibuprofen. No. Um, it is coming up that that is basically, it's building up in the people's systems, and it's taking it from, you know, sniffles and runny nose and some chest discomfort to the very far end of, holy hell, there's an elephant on my chest beating on my head with a sledgehammer type deal. Yeah, they're saying that's a multiplier um, of it. Yeah, don't take ibuprofen. Tylenol, fine. Yeah. Acetaminophen, you're good. But stay away from the ibuprofen. All right, so guys, really, uh, we'll get off our boxes and head to wrestling right now, but uh, really take care of yourselves. Um, we might not know all of Can Crusher Nation, but uh, what you guys have done for us and where you guys have taken us because you listened to this train wreck, um, we love you. We really do. And, uh, and if you don't think it can reach certain, it, it's not going to happen to you or anything like that, go on to wrestling pages, well, whichever ones. See the wrestlers that are being self-quarantined now and have been diagnosed with it. See the wrestlers that are dropping out of WrestleMania. We'll get there. We'll get there. But see the wrestlers that are dropping out. And I'm not just talking the big guy. No, no. I'm talking that are being diagnosed, that are, you know, being pulled out, everything like that. It can happen to anybody. The you people. don't know. You can say, yeah, I, I haven't been out of the country in two weeks. I haven't had these symptoms. You can carry this for up to 14 days without showing any symptoms. So, All right, let's talk about the wrestlers. That's actually one of the things I want to do. Um, everybody is not becoming irrelevant, but you know we're a month now into this, and there's not been wrestling. The last thing around here 
was the IWC show that um, 18 that you know we didn't go because it was just it was a touchy subject then. But now wrestlers are just all over Facebook, all over Instagram, Twitter, um, coming on and having chats with people just to pretty much repeat what we said but to, to say hey we love you thank you for supporting us from buying shirts this that or the other um i think this is great by the wrestlers uh you've seen baseball players and football players paying stadiums for food and everything i haven't and i follow everybody and their brother i haven't seen a baseball player come out yet on social media and like have a one-on-one like i did last night chris jericho had a freaking sing-along Q&A and sing-along. It was great. I watched a lot of it. Uh, Also last night, Ray Lynn of IWC and Calvin Couture of IWC had a little Q&A. I love what wrestlers are doing right now, reaching out to their fans. This this means more. I'm turning, again, I'm turning into my mother saying, look, they truly are saying they care about you. Yeah. They're, what you got to realize is a lot of these wrestlers the, the vast majority, I'd probably say 95%, um, they've lost both of their jobs. They don't do the wrestling just as their primary one, um, you know, their primary income. And then their day jobs are gone also. Well, I'll, I'll bring whether, up... they're, whether they're teachers, um, like Darren Storm. DeNiro, Tim Storm, Tim Storm. Um, Ray Lynn is, come on guys, you know Ray Lynn's a great friend of the show. Um, she's a beautician. The dime piece, she's a beautician. They, they're they not working right now. Yeah, and it's just remember that, you know, a t- you may not think a, a, a $20 t-shirt or something like that would mean a lot or would go far, but it does. That's a meal for them. Yeah. And I hate that, you know, bring it down that far, but that's a meal for them. Yeah, I mean that's how they make their things. If they didn't, if they didn't need, when I say need the money, in the first place, they wouldn't have the merchandise. Right. And the merchandise, you know, it, it helps them. It it adds to what they earn from wrestling, and then it adds, you know, to their other thing. But y'all got to remember, there isn't jack going on wrestling wise across the U.S. Period. No. Even these idiots that do this deathmatch crap outlaw mud show copyright reference <laughs> um, stuff they're not even doing that and uh, that that's saying a lot yeah it really is um, don't know what's gonna go on you know we're we're hoping I joked about it earlier we're hoping to make the ring of honor show in Baltimore with Pat in the middle of June we're we don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. They Ring of Honor's ca- uh, canceled everything up through the end that. of May. Yeah, so we, that. yeah, it's like we don't know what the hell is going on. You don't know what's going on, but help the re- help the wrestlers out. Go see what they have. Give them feedback. Uh, Camille is always on uh, Instagram, Instagram, um, and Twitter. Uh, it's worth it just to go and look at her photos, but. Um, you know, she's talking, she's answering a lot to fans. A lot of them are even, oh my God, MJF is making a presence on Twitter and interacting with his fans more. He is. He uh, really is. So not in a good way. Not necessarily. <laughs> He's MJF, but they're out there, guys. Come right. on, just, you know, help them out. 
where they give us, you know, they spend their lifetime learning their trade to give us hours of entertainment. Um, we can help them out, do something for them. We can toss them a bone as well. All right, let's uh, let's cover AEW before we get John on the line here real quick, and and then we'll at the back end we'll cover what WWE is doing and everything. Um, not a great show by AEW. Um, no, I understand. I'm not saying because there's not fans. I'm throwing the fans thing out the window anymore. I just I don't know what the hell they were actually doing this week. I really don't. No, it was. Uh, we expected a lot more. We did. This is the previous week. I kind of thought they were in trouble this week when they had Cody going against Jimmy Havoc in their opening match, and I'm I am not a Jimmy Havoc fan at all. Um, he's to me he's one of these trash wrestlers, mud show wrestlers. Copyright. Um, I thought they were in trouble from there. There was some good spots in this. There was some pretty <laughs> damn funny stuff in funny this. Stuff. Um, what I didn't like, one of our favorite things last week is they took that away from us this week. I don't know if they... I don't. It, uh, portions of this were taped. Let's just say that yeah. right off the top. Portions of this were taped. And why did they put the people in a trailer in the back? Why, why can't they be separated out, you know, out? I think there was something, I read something somewhere, and sorry, I don't remember the source, because I read a lot of this stuff before I go to bed at night, um, that they were, there was issues with having that many people in the arena. ringside and in the arena, and they were trying to capture any bit of what they had the week before, having people still showing people. And it just lost it. It wasn't the same with uh, MJF and the betting and stuff. That was hilarious as hell. Right. The last week and everything. Um, but there was restrictions put on that. They got away with it one week. Couldn't really do it the following. Do it the following. All right, let's bring up... Um, I, I really don't want to talk about every match. Uh, no. Sammy G against Omega for the AAA title was pretty damn good. I, because I love Sammy. I... Man crush. Leave it at that. I'm warming up on him. You love I'd him. I still like to smack him in the mouth every time he sticks his tongue out, but, you know. And uh, the Cody match, whatever, they led with that. Uh, Jake does a great um, message to Cody after the match. But, guys, go on and watch it. Get to the point that we're getting at. Uh, Chris Jericho and a drone. <laughs> go ahead. If you can cut the promo that he did... On a damn piece of machinery. It was funny as hell. It was and it was a good promo. It wasn't it wasn't stupid. It was funny. I liked it. I thought it was funny. I know Sammy G had just got beaten by Omega, but uh I I really the cameraman singing uh Judas tonight didn't do it for me. You need Sammy G out there. Thank God Jericho, again, as I said last night, had the sing-along of Judas on his Facebook page. How about Matt Hardy? He's a... Uh, can teleport now. Yeah. I think he got with that... Uh, I, I think Ole Anderson and that magician from the uh, Black Scorpion, Scorpion days... Oh, my God. <laughs> I think that I think they got them in on this. You know, this was some, this was some Star Trek shit that, you know... Okay, it sucked. I'm sorry. I can't even. That was rough. It sucked. It it was it was 
bad. Um, their editing to put this together was bad. Um, just okay. Let's just end it on a good note. The drone. The drone. The drone promo. All right, guys. Uh, we're gonna get into the meat of our our show right now. This lasted longer than I thought from the beginning, but let's get into the meat of our show as we talk about Starcade '85, The Gathering. Uh, we'll make the phone call, but first we have to talk about our boy Al Snow. Guess what I have coming, Chad? Just saying. I have a Blue World Order collar and elbow shirt coming. Nice t-shirt? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. It could have been a hoodie or something. No, no, no. That was just released. Blue World Order. The BWO is upside. You'll see it in a couple weeks or whenever I get it. Um, Guys, this new line is awesome. It really is. There's a Mid-South wrestling guy holding the championship title up. And we have a discount code. What is it? Can Crushers. Capital C's. There you go. Guys, 10% off. Uh, here's Al, and then we'll call the English professor. Starcade 85, The Gathering. I cannot wait to talk about this. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow. The wrestling brand. Hey, all you uh, stupid regions, mass breeders out there. This is the man, I'm Elijah Dean, and you are listening to Can Crushers Podcast. And welcome back, guys. We have been excited to, well, I guess I should welcome back somebody that hasn't been on the show yet this week. That's the way my head is going with all this Tiger King stuff, Chad. It's blown my mind. Uh, welcome to the show, the English professor. Sorry I didn't give you a grand introduction like normal. It, it was good enough. It, it, it's all right. It was fine. My mind's elsewhere. It really is. Everybody's is. I understand. I saw a tiger. Oh, Lord. All right, guys, we were excited to announce this last week, and we're going to break down Starcade 85, The Gathering, and I sat down and I watched this, and there's so much I want to talk about. Let's start with Chad. He brought this one to the table, okay? We're not going to get to the matches yet, but why, why did you pick this one? I just thought that it had, even for the lower card matches and that, there was some really good matches in this um you know the fir- first one i think of without getting into the match was uh manny fernandez and abdul the butcher there's a strap match i mean the best match on the card to me magnum ta and tully blanchard and the famous i quit match this was just uh, it had its kind of i don't want to say crappy matches filler matches but even the filler matches were good matches yeah yeah, John? Uh, I'm going to agree with everything Chad said. Uh, I do have a couple of gripes, and again, without getting into the matches. Um, so it was from two venues. 
which uh, maybe that's where the WWF got their idea for WrestleMania two, uh, three, four months later. But I wasn't really sure when they were where they said they were because commentary was just, I got to be honest, it was terrible. There, there'd be a match where nobody would say anything for five minutes and then you hear Tony Schiavone say, what a dropkick, Bob! And then Bob never answers him. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what was going on a lot of times with the, com- the commentary. Johnny Weaver should not have had a stick in his hands. Um, and the other thing is, Man, there are a lot of belts, and, and Chad can speak to this probably better than I can. Uh, Vince wasn't the only guy gobbling up territories. If we're being fair here, so is Crockett. I oh, don't yeah. know whether he was gobbling up Florida and Georgia or, just, Georgia or just working with them, but he brought all their belts in. So you've got Florida's version of the United States Tag Team Championship. You've got the National Tag Team Championship, uh, which I think uh, came from... Georgia, you've got the Georgia. National Heavyweight title, the U.S. Heavyweight title, the Mid-Atlantic title. By my count, and they weren't all on the show because there was no TV title, Dusty was stripped, and the Russians didn't defend their six-man tag team championship. But on a roster of about 30 guys, half of them were champions in some capacity. Well, the Koloffs, that's, that's crazy. The Koloffs going into this were two-time champions, two Two current holding champions, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. They were world tag team champions, and I think the three of them were six-man tag team champions. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to it, but Khrushchev was in the opening, well, what we saw as the opening match for the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship. So my thoughts real quick is, I'm going to differ from you, and I'm going back that WrestleMania had not happened yet. This is a cool, innovative thing that they're doing a pay-per-view with my air quotes from two different areas you know i went back to 1985 saying holy hell they're, they're running a show from two places and pumping the other matches i would think somehow into the other arena to watch so i was like innovative innovative back in the day uh it was atlanta and right. greensboro one of the first things i saw that I think us three would go nuts if we had those. Front row seats were 15 feet away from the barriers. If we had Ethan, Sylvan, or Vinny with us, shit was not going to go down because they're (laughs) on top of those barriers all the time. And I would have been the same way. I don't know how they did it back then. There was such a gap in between that you could have probably had three more rows of seat and I know, in the grand scheme of things, what is that? Maybe 150 seats? It's more money, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And they were Yeah, le- that's a good point. They were legit barriers, still. They weren't uh, any foam-matted, you know, carpeting bump pads. They were straight-up yeah. barriers. They're kind well, of like things, things were hot back in the day. Yeah. Things sorry, were- Chad, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying the barriers were kind of like what IWC has or whatever, like I say, they're like the almost the bike rack barriers and that, but the wrestlers were always getting thrown into them and bending them. They weren't very, how can I put it, they weren't very sturdy. No. Um, and they used them a lot. Yeah. But they, they just had that, there was more more safety back then for fans than there are now. 
Like right now, yeah. we, we're you ate a barrier one time. You legit ate a barrier one time, and back then, people came and they sat in their seats, but they were red hot. I want to talk about the fans real quick. From start to finish, that's all you heard were the fans going nuts, ballistic. For even the, as Chad says, the lower card matches, this was red hot all the way through, and the 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 booking was solid because. Even the, the opening matches, the lower card matches, you had not necessarily a, a hometown favorite, but a home country favorite. Um, you know, guys from the southern part of the United States, there were a lot of guys from Texas wrestling that night. They were wrestling guys from Russia, guys from the Sudan, that, and that sort of thing. So fans were, were red hot, and maybe that's why they had to make sure that there was a lot of room between the ring and the fans, because... Especially in those days, 85 might have been the point where fans calmed down just a little bit, but I bet they were still jumping barriers. Yeah, two two things that I really took out of it um, was, again, and this is something that I've, all, I've, I've started saying the last couple of weeks, with the fans, did you notice how they had the ring lit? And everything. Next only point. the first Next point. The only, the first couple of rows, could you vividly see of people the focus was on the talent yeah um the focus was on the ring and that lends so much more to the show than you know seeing joe smith in the nosebleed section at the top of the damn arena or megan nelson putting lipstick on in the front row of iwc yeah <laughs> i thought you were going to say johnny patch for a minute but no oh, and elijah dean <laughs> Just something like that. All right. So, all right, let's get to the card. As as both of you said off air, and, and I was like, oh, yeah, um, there was an opening match that was not, because we, we all watched it on the WWE Network, correct? Yes. No, yes. Nobody has a VHS or beta of this, do they? No. Okay. No. That's, Unfortunately, no. That's sad. If you've had a beta of this, I bet you it's worth 25 cents. Yeah, at least. Um, Pistol Pez Watley had a match. I don't even know against who, but he was there. Um, I like when he was Shaska Watley. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, there was another match that wasn't on as well. Maybe it was Pistol Pez Watley against, uh, my boy Thunderfoot. I think that's who it was. Oh. Do you remember Thunderfoot? He always loaded his boot. By tapping it. Yeah, and then it got used against him. Yeah. Then he lost and he kicked himself in the head. Yeah. All right, so the first match on was the Mid-Atlantic Championship match because the title was vacant. It was Crusher Khrushchev against Sam Houston. Uh, let's start with John this time, and then we'll just go to Chad and then me. Uh, I noticed in this match and during the course of the evening, a lot of clothesline ducks. We complain about that now. But 35 years ago, a lot of guys were ducking the clotheslines. Um, something that stood out to me, though, Houston doing some nice high-flying moves, had a head scissor on Crusher Khrushchev, and Khrushchev just picked him up w with him around his neck. So what I'm saying is Crusher got to his feet with a guy, if they're exaggerating his weight, is he every bit of 220 pounds, with a guy wrapped around his neck. Um, just incredible strength, unbelievable, unbelievable power. 
from Crusher. This had me really involved to the point where I'm reacting. I am verbally reacting to what's going on based on the strikes, moments in the match, feet on the ropes that the ref didn't see or did see. Really, really good match. Um, way, way to kick off the show. That sickle by the Crusher uh, was vicious. It really was. Yeah, I got, I, I'll agree with John. It was a really good match. Um, I was always a fan of Sam Houston. He was, you know, a nice guy as far as we knew back then. Until uh, we met him at WrestleCamp. Yeah, and he was, uh, he, he was always, I don't want to say the, the kind of the whipping boy, but he could have a good match. I think he was, you know, underrated. And then after, you know, he hooked up with Baby Doll and pissed everybody off and stuff like that he kind of lost his momentum but it was a good match Khrushchev hit I mean Barry Darcel the d dude was awesome he was so underrated as a wrestler because he always was in a, a, a gimmick or a group or something like that and it was just kind of nice to see him have a good singles match and have it mean something and again the crowd behind you know oohs and ahs and cheering on Houston. Uh, one thing I noticed about this, and I forgot to bring this up before with the fans that made this card, was there was cut and dried heels and faces. There was no in-betweens. And when you have the cut and dried heels and faces, you know what kind of reaction you're going to get every match if it goes off well. Great match. I thought this was a perfect opener for this card uh, in both venues. The first thing I noticed, though, because you, you know how I am, the referee was all in yellow. What? Yeah. <laughs> he looked like a bottle yeah. of mustard standing in the ring. What the hell? I don't remember that until he comes out all in yellow. I'm like... Dude, nobody said anything to him like, hey, man, yellow is definitely the good color to be on TV tonight. <laughs> and he looked old enough to, to know better. Like a, boot, yeah, a bootlegger like during Prohibition. Oh, my God. Look like a freaking parakeet. So uh, I, I echo both uh, that they said, everything they said, and... Great. I love the false finish in this match. I love it. that Houston gets the win. Uh, Khrushchev had his foot on the ropes. Sam's celebrating. Mr. Mustard says, no, you didn't win. And then that sickle at the end just buries him. Um, you had the pop because some fans didn't know the foot was on the rope. And then you had the disappointment right off the bat to lead everybody into a card that probably one of the best cards uh, we're going to talk about in a long time. And Houston had his foot on the ropes, too. The ref missed that one. Houston tried to get the break with the foot on the ropes, but the referee missed that. Um, very quickly, Mark, you and I saw Sam Houston in 88, June of 88, in, in Dubois against Bret Hart. Just a throwaway match. Great match. Yeah. And... Houston took the pile driver and on his way back to the locker room was walking so slowly and holding his neck, started to teeter a little bit sideways and then ba boom, walked into the door. I mean, that got a, gen a genuine reaction from the crowd. He made us believe that like, 
He got his neck snapped or, or, or got his brain scrambled. He sold that the whole way back to the to the dressing room. Yeah, uh, great worker, great worker back in the day. Yep. Always around for there was a lightweight championship. Um, we forgot to mention. We mentioned that Pez Watley was there, the Italian Stallion. Denny Brown also was there, who was their lightweight champion. So that's a title that you missed to bring up as well. Also, I not, missed that one. Okay, not on the line. Uh, I was hoping to see Lasertron, <laughs> but he, Lasertron was not on this card. I don't know if Lasertron was invented so, back then. The game, uh, Khrushchev. Right, right. Um, so in the end, what Khrushchev really smashed Houston and repoed the belt. I, yep. There you go. Great. Yep. Great. All oh, week. Yes. All right. All week you waited to say that. I'm sure. I did. I have it written down. Yeah, I read it word for word. Um, uh, Repo Man uh, was in the finals of the uh, worst gimmick against IRS in our tournament. That's right. Yep. Yep. Uh, next match. Probably one of my favorites of this card. Not my favorite, but one of, you know, top three matches on this card. Abdullah Butcher against Manny Fernandez in a Mexican death match. Let me let me just say that if you go back and listen to our Manny Fernandez interview from, oh, probably about a year ago now, he references this match. He talks about this match and working with Abby a lot. So let's start with Chad on this one. Uh, this was, I... I didn't remember this match, you know, from years ago, but in watching this, oh my God, what a violent match! There was blood in the first twenty-five seconds. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I around it. But then I should have, you know, I should have thought, okay, Manny Fernandez and Abdul the Butcher. You know, Abdul is usually carrying a cutlery set in his freaking pants. Um, I thought this was a really good match for those two because they just beat the piss out of each other till the That's end exact till the end the end gets wonky yeah and was eh. but i mean they legitimately just beat the hell out of each other yeah i liked it i liked it john i did too uh it's about what i expected out of these guys a bloodbath um fernandez does sort of a flying forearm and I don't know if this was a knock from the WWF to the NWA or not, but they, um, who was it? Shivani? No, no. Caudle, Bob Caudle, and, yeah, was it Tony Shivani that joined him? Yeah. Yeah. They called it the Flying Burrito. They did. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Jesse Ventura and Bobby Heenan used to call Tito Santana's move the Flying Burrito as a joke. Anyway, I found that, that interesting. I don't know if that was a knock on the competition or not. The fans were way into this. They were showing the crowd. The little old lady was screaming, come on. If Abdullah so much as just missed a move or missed a clothesline or a punch, they they popped. They were so behind Manny Fernandez in this match. Uh, I would have rather have seen a different step, stipulation to a Mexican death match than just pulling a sombrero off a pole. Um, I don't know. Make it a pin. Make it make it a boot camp match, essentially, where the only way you win is a pinfall or submission. Um, never been a fan of stuff on a pole. No? yeah, I, You've written some nah, stuff with stuff on a pole before, but... I have, yeah. It's hokey, though. It's hokey. So, my... my <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 
We had boots. Boots were okay to be hit with. We had a belt. It was okay to be hit with. You could throw each other into anything in the world, and it's okay to be hit with. But when, as Chad calls it, the cutlery system set or whatever comes out, it's a foreign object, and the announcers are going nuts. He's got a foreign object! A foreign object is not allowed in this match because that is illegal. But boots and belts and chairs and lions and tigers and bears, oh my, are all alright. But the foreign object is what put the announcers over the limit. It was biased commentary because they were uh, they were pulling for Manny. That's why. Oh. One, so, one thing I want to add about this, I found in reading the review about this, I didn't know. Abdullah used to, because he didn't trust anybody in the locker room with his money and that he used to always wear under the back part of his trunks a like uh weight belt that had his money strapped to it he always took his money down to the ring like a fanny bag his, then, or fanny well, pack. Not, not flatter not, flatter yeah. like a, a a girdle okay. i guess is a better is a different thing he used to tape his money on the inside of that and he'd go down and he always wrestled with his money taped to him. Wow. That was just a Jeez. weird... Yeah, I was just like... I was like looking, trying to see this in this match, and it's like, damn it, you fat bastard, stand still a second. <laughs> so the ending of the match, I said, got wonky. Um, Abdullah fell down, kind of on the apron to the outside a little bit, and then all of a sudden, Manny just is dead to the world. He's been bleeding now for 12 and a half minutes. Sprints up, grabs a sombrero, and boom, on his way to, I, don't, I was going to say Taco Bell, but I don't want to be that type of guy. Oh, that's Just bad. On his way oh. out, out the door instantly. Um, I, I think there could have been a little more struggle to get the sombrero, uh, but I agree. Kind of a kind of little weird ending. Yeah, there could have been a better struggle. Overall, though, I think the match, if you, if you watch closely, told a good story because Manny had one boot. He had another boot. He had a belt. But little by little, he lost all those weapons, and it just came down to his heart. It came down to what he had inside. Can he beat this guy? So when everything was taken away from him, he still found a way to win. Next match is, and I think this is where they should have had a breather in between. Because you just had a Well, hold on. Hold, they, they did, because they had the interview with Crusher Khrushchev. Uh, well, there, yeah, all right. And, Go ahead. I, I want to mention that because I know he was a turncoat or whatever, but how are we ever supposed to believe that this guy was Russian? When <laughs> it sounds like Pat Lapino. Right. Well, now let's get this right now. He wasn't always he wasn't believed to be Russian. He was right, a Russian. Right. He was a Russian sympathizer, so he naturally right. wouldn't. He wouldn't sound like you know Magum Ta Nikita Koloff stuff. Right. So, so is this where we're getting all our Russian? Uh, this is where we all have to do some Russian expression of some sort. Is that? It, I wish I had a sound clip of uh, Pat Lapino doing one right now because he would probably kill all of us. <laughs> 
on to the next match. Yes, there was the pause with the interview, but I think back to back to back in ring action of uh, a Mexican death match followed by now a bull rope match. There should have been a pause there. I I, I just think it was. I, I agree. But this bull... and this is where I think NWA tried Jim Crockett tried too hard back in the day. It tried was... too hard. It give was... us a special match. Don't give us all special matches. Right. No, Black Bart. With uh, James J. Dillon against Ron Bass. If Ron Bass wins, he gets five minutes in the ring with J.J. Dillon. So, what we know now, we would have put two and two together saying, huh. But we didn't know that back then. We didn't. Right. Uh, Let's start with John. Go ahead. So, I noticed, again, I I wasn't following Mid-Atlantic or Crockett very closely back in the day. Um, I only ever saw highlights of this show, um, but they were calling Black Bart and Ron Bass the former Long Riders. I guess they were a team at one point right. that split. I don't know. Uh, I've always known the Long Riders to be the Irwin brothers. Um, Scott Hogg and, and uh, Scott. Yeah. Uh, I never knew these guys to be the Long Riders. Um, I was a little confused mm-hmm. with J.J. Dillon because the horsemen were a thing at this point. Obviously, we see the Andersons come out and save Ric Flair at the end. I know Dillon was just with Tully Blanchard, not necessarily the manager of the horsemen, but I would love to be able to piece all this together because I have a lot of questions about this. Um, and then you have, like, J.J. Dillon's guys calling everybody out, including the horsemen, like in interviews. I'll take on Flair. I'll take on Blanchard, whatever. So... I don't know if guys just didn't dot their I's and cross their T's or if it was all a little loosey-goosey. I'm not sure what was going on there, but I thought J.J. was with the horsemen. Nevertheless, it's about what I expected. Like the match before it, you got Black Bart leading in the first minute. Um, I thought I thought Ron Bass did some really nice stuff with the cowbell, um, just beating Black Bart's head in. In the end, on its own, it's a good match. But to your point, Mark, look what it followed. It's a little too similar. Um, And for that reason, I wasn't as into it because I just saw something similar. Chad? Yeah, I've got to totally agree with John on that. Placed differently in the card, this match would have seemed to be better, would have come off better, but you're just, I mean... The blood for Manny and Abdullah's match ain't even dry yet, and you got literally version, dry yet. another version of it in the ring. So it was just, it was, it was bad, bad placement. Yeah, I, I, I but agree. a good, a good match, but just bad placement on the card. Bass wins the first match. Go ahead, John. <clears throat> uh, the only thing I want to say is, you look at the territories, and they all had one or two of something a nationality a heritage an ethnicity whatever a gimmick we've had four guys from texas in the first three matches so you just had manny fernandez a guy from texas bleeding buckets and beating the crap out of his opponent with whatever he can get his hands on and the next match you have two guys from texas beating the crap out of each other with whatever they can get their hands on and bleeding buckets so it's just to the point you guys are making Two similar matches back-to-back. One had to lose, unfortunately. Uh, as I said, Bass wins the first match. He gets five minutes with J.J. J.J. comes in right off the bat and just starts waylaying Bass. 
Fast gets it turned around, but then Black Bart comes in and JJ wins the second match uh, by hooker by crook. Um, I like the spin on this because everybody would have thought Fast was going to just pummel JJ. So I like the spin that JJ Absolutely. picks it up. So you've had, you know, a bad pop, you know, with the Khrushchev winning. You had Manny winning. You bring it back to get both in this match. So you're on equal level ground again of like, oh, man, are all the good guys going to win tonight? Are all the bad guys going to win tonight? We don't know. But, yeah, uh, an okay match. An okay match overall. Yep. Next match Next match is actually twofold. Twofold. It is the Barbarian against superstar Billy Graham, first in an arm wrestling competition for $10,000. And then directly after that, they've already stated it, they're going to have a 30-minute match of just fighting. And let's start with Chad. Uh, I, I don't know what much to say about this. Um, Worst match of the night. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with that at this point. Um, he got, Graham got bloodied in the arm wrestling part of it. And then it was just a beat down. And I'm sorry, but anytime you get beat down by number one Paul Jones and one of his cronies, you're not doing well. Yeah, because the they car. were the least of the stables back in the day. The least. By, by far. Yeah, TJ Khan. Right? So I this match was. Eh. This match should have been on before the uh, strap match. It could have been an easy fix, a, a come down match, so to speak. Uh, 82, 83, Paul Jones, number one Paul Jones, stable in mid-Atlantic, along with the House of Humperdinck. Those are some pretty cool stables. By 85, things were changing, so I agree with you guys there um, that he, he wasn't exactly the, the top stable in the NWA anymore. I liked seeing superstar Billy Graham. Always been a fan of his. I liked seeing him drop the karate gimmick that he did for a little while in the early 80s in the WWF. Back to the tie-dye and, um, you know, that, that that whole shtick that he did. Um, Tony Schiavone was a little confused at first because the Barbarians trying to use a left hand, then both hands. And he's like, well, he doesn't know what arm wrestling is. And they've never seen arm wrestling in Samoa. No, ask him. You should have asked I guess him. not. When we were at the big event a couple years back, you should have brought that up. Darn it. Yeah. I had an opportunity to, and I missed, I missed it. I, um, Billy Graham's losing the, the arm wrestling match the entire time until he comes back. Have we ever seen an arm wrestling match end with an actual winner? Not really. I, I think he did win. I think he did win. Ah. The ref did count. Barbarian's hand down, and then Paul Jones jumped in. The match eh, is all right. Billy Graham... Very, very entertaining. Well, well past his prime here. Never the greatest worker, though. Um, and at this point, this is where I said, the blood is just too much tonight. Every single match. And I know at this point, I think that's what they were going for. But the blood was just too much. Uh, too much. This match, um, out of the nine or ten there were, last. Last place. So, of course, I'm going to find stupid stuff to talk about. And the first thing I see is this table in the ring that looks like John built it in shop class. It's unstable. It's not level. Paul Jones is making a mockery of it. 
and it doesn't look like it could hold both of your kids that weigh 50 pounds combined. There's no possible way that they had any weight on this table. It uh, Wasn't there a desk or anything? I know it was hurry up, get the damn thing out of the ring quickly because the match was made to be like that, but... Uh, they couldn't sell me on this table at all of being an arm wrestling match table. Um, I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, if we're rating it on stars or beers, it's going to get one. So let's move along. Yeah. Next match is the national title match. And it is the Red Ro- I mean, Terry Taylor against Buddy Landell. <laughs> um, John, we'll go with you first. Uh, the national title, which means you're champion of the nation, which is our great nation, the United States of America, which is different than what we'll see later on. The United States Heavyweight Championship. Right. Which means you're the champion of this great nation of the United States. Too many belts. Nevertheless, best. Uh, sleeper match of the night. Buddy Landell is so, so good. I don't think he ever fully realized his potential. J.J. Um, Dillon has told some stories about um, Buddy Landell's poor choices, unfortunately. Terry Taylor, always been a big Terry Taylor fan. Maybe, maybe the two best in-ring workers on the night. Just the lockup and the face-to-face at the beginning of the match was intense. The headlock by the Nature Boy looked tight. Uh, Taylor was such a good seller. Genuinely looking like he's trying to get out of this headlock. Um, He puts his hips into a pin to try to keep Landell's hips down. Great punches and chops by Buddy Landell. Um, the backdrop, a back body drop by Terry Taylor done beautifully. He didn't put his head down too soon. So he doesn't get kicked in the face or get a sunset flip duck at just a precise moment, put his hands on the nature boys hips to throw him further up into the air. Great match. Great, great match by two very, very skilled, accomplished workers. Chet. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree. Uh, two of the best workers that there's been, um, you know, in an, in an era where I want to say the big guys were starting to take over. Um, these This was just a very underrated match. Uh, you know, I remember Terry Taylor from NWA, from the UW, uh, UWF time um, and some world-class time. Just a, it, it was a good, it was a really good match. And like you said, Buddy Landell, you know, man, if he could have kept his head straight and, you know, kept off the ring rats, the coke, and any other drug that he could get. His career could have really gone. Yeah, I, a, a lot, a lot further than it did. But you know, that was kind of the normal thing back then. I, I have the same thing you guys written down. Uh, great technical match, by far the best technical match of the night. That really the only technical match of the night. Um, but these two. I just thought of it right now. You know, if you were watching for kids that don't know who these guys are or haven't checked it out yet, if you would watch Bret Hart against Mr. Perfect, I mean, it was that much of a technical match that, right. you know, you would think of these two a uh, couple years, well, many years before them. But, uh, and we have a new national champion. As JJ gets his hand in there with the superplex, pulls him off the second rope, and Landell lands on Taylor. Um, Let's talk about the Nature Boy situation right now. We have the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. We have Buddy Landell. 
We have uh, another Nature Boy lingering in the AWA about the same time, right? Buddy Rose. How do you get to be called Nature Boy and nobody stealing the other person's gimmick? Uh, beats me. Um, the only thing I'll say on that is we were talking about Landell's work in the ring, on the mic, as we see later. Um, I genuinely feel, and I didn't appreciate this guy as much before. I thought I did. After watching him versus Terry Taylor, you could have taken Ric Flair out of the equation and put Buddy Landell in the same position. I think he'd have been every bit as good, given that opportunity. And had he kept himself clean uh, in 2020, you'd be seeing Buddy Landell shirts and robes and everything else instead of Ric Flair. I think he was that good. I really yeah. do. Yeah, he was he was a really good wrestler. And I mean, Flair loved working with him. Um, you know, he's, that's well documented. He just... You know, he he got to the darker side of the business. Dark side of the ring? Darker side of the ring. And he, uh, you know, just kind of, he had a good career, but it could have been, you know, he could have probably, I'd say, be top five. Wow. Wow. Of all time. Big. Just because he had, his in-ring work was so good. Um, it was. Just a good good match between those two. Excellent match. Next match, you have the National Tag Team Title Champions, uh, Ole and Arn Anderson, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. And they're taking on Wahoo McDaniel and Billy Jack Haynes, the U.S. Champions. This is the perfect opportunity for the NWA to put both United States National Championships together and call it one different title, the Titles of America or something. Um. Yeah, well, they couldn't use the American tag team title because World Class had that. That's exactly right. Yeah, that was out of Texas. The American Championships were out of Texas. Whatever. They could have stole the North American before WWE yeah. ever thought about it. But uh, John, let's start with you and talk about. Um, I know you're going to say this, so I'm going to steal your thunder right now. Man, this match was great. Working on one body. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, they the Andersons did what they do. They took some bumps early on and then found that opening and worked on an arm. I believe it was Wahoo's arm they mostly worked on. Um, one quick point, the U.S. tag titles, I looked it up. because I didn't think, I was pretty sure they didn't have the U.S. tag titles at that time. These were out of Florida. These were Florida's version of the United States Tag Team Championship. Oh. If there weren't enough belts, Crockett then introduced his version of the United States Tag Team Championship sometime later. Uh, as we'll see later on, a year or so down the road, they do unify some of these belts. Nikita with the U.S. and the National, and, and they unify the tag team belts as well. Uh, this match, very, very good tag team match. Everything you'd expect from a great tag team match, good action. Um, the faces were using a lot of power moves because they were the bigger guys. It's a lot of heavy strikes. The Andersons worked on Wahoo's arm. Um, and in the end, the Andersons win, um, not really cheating, but eh, a bit of a, a questionable call. Um, very good match. The Andersons, as much as I am not an Ole Anderson fan. Um, Who is? Very good. Right. Yeah, I know. Chad, go ahead. Spill on Ole. Here we go. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, this was this match was well put together. It played to the strengths of the teams uh, for sure. 
they picked the right guy to work on. I don't think Billy Jack could have sold as well or it would have looked as real if they were trying to rip his arm off as it did Wahoo. Um, that was an experience thing, and the fact that Billy Jack was unbelievably huge at this time. This is right out of uh, Oregon, when he came out of Oregon in uh, Rip Oliver's Federation. But uh, just a, a, a well-put-together match. Um, you know, the Andersons, they did their thing. As far as Ole, I just laugh at him because he's just a grumpy old bastard. <laughs> he's always been a grumpy old bastard. But sometimes he's sometimes some of his stuff is funny. But, yeah, he this was typical Anderson match. Um, they gave the rub a little bit to McDaniel and uh, Billy Jack, but not enough that they had to really blatantly, you know, shot to the throat with the ring bell type win in the match. Just a little bit of cheating to beat him. Yeah, uh, I don't have any much more to say to that, so let, let's move along to uh, probably one of my most historic matches in NWA, uh, possibly wrestling history. It is the Steel Cage I Quit match between Magnum TA and Telly Blanchard for the U.S. title. And I know we're all going to have a lot to say, so we'll go right back to Chad first. Uh, I, I love this match. Uh, from beginning to end, you want to talk about storytelling and two guys who genuinely could work together and just make everything look so real in the build-up to the match. Um, I was always a Magnum TA fan, and this, to me, was the match that really brought him out to the fans and showed what he could do. Tully Blanchard, always the ultimate prick and rule breaker and everything. You know, they had to thing a baby doll on the outside cheering them on. Just a, a very well put together match. It it seemed like it was really personal. If you didn't know it and watched it, be like, holy shit, these guys really hate each other. Um love the ending. It gave Tully the out because he never said the words and that would play years later into a couple of different scenarios. It's still playing out. And it's still yeah, it's still playing out. So it's it's just all around great way to win it. I love the match. John. Oh my god, yeah, to your point, Chad, a few years later when Magnum is doing uh color commentary because of his career ending injuries. And Tully Blanchard is one of the guys coming out for a, for an interview. You still feel that tension between them. Uh, so yeah, great point. Yeah, that um, was a Dusty really Rhodes enjoyed... bad incident there. Yep, yep, ab- absolutely. Yep. Um, I really enjoyed this match a lot, start to finish. Um, I like that it started out with wrestling because it goes to the interview after the match where Magnum TA says, "I didn't want this. This isn't wrestling. This belt deserves to be defended in a wrestling match." So they kind of started that way. You know, let's make this a wrestling match. We had some double leg takedowns. We had some good mat wrestling. It didn't take long, though, for this to just turn into a brutal bloodbath. I mean, you know, Tully, like you say, is he's the little prick. He's the little shit. Um, he can get it done in the ring, right? But there were also moments where his frustration was just at a boiling point. 
and he's just beating on this guy. He's just hammer fisting this guy, and Magnum just won't quit. Incredible match. Uh, so damn brutal. Um, there was bleeding, bleeding from, from different parts of the body, not just the head that we always see, but like the back, the, the bicep. I think Tully cut his bicep somewhere, whether that was by design or not. I don't know. I was on it the chair. Really gave the, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. It, it gave the impression of a real fight of a real fight. And you know what? Not to be lost in all this baby doll. That was great work on the outside. Um, you were into this whole thing and we're not much wrestling on TV right now, but watching a lot of stuff. Um, woman, um, sensational Sherry. Um, they borrowed heavily from the perfect 10. Uh, she was great out there. She was great. She was with Tully move for move. Um, really enjoyed what she did. I was going to reference that as we got to speak to, again, go back and listen to our baby doll interview. Uh, she touches on this match. She touches a lot uh, of all of her work with Telly and Dusty and everything. Um, pioneer. Can we use that word for her as, yeah. as uh, what she did for women in wrestling? Um, even, you know, let's throw sexes out the window. Uh, manager. She, she excelled a lot of managers into... And this might have been one of the matches that did it. Uh, it really was at some of my points that I said she wasn't involved in the match, but she was part of the match the whole time. So it was. Uh, do you guys both agree that probably one of the most historical matches in wrestling history is this match? No doubt. Quick and easy. All right, moving along. Yeah, absolutely. Moving along. Um, one of the non-historical matches in wrestling history. <laughs> you have Jimmy Valiant in Miss Atlanta Lively, Ronnie Garvin. What? Against the the Midnight Express in an Atlanta street fight match. And I took this match for what it was. And that is it. Uh, John, go ahead. I had no idea that was Ronnie Garvin. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I didn't know that was him. I watched that match and tried to get a close look. Never figured it out. He not, and again, he showed, I wasn't really watching. Later, like what, a month later, they show that it's actually him. He rips his, or was it a month, or maybe a uh, week or whatever. Well, I mean, that's a month later. We didn't know who that was. Oh, all right. We spilled, yeah, I, we spilled everything else from years later. Uh, but we can't say that this is Ronnie Garvin. So shit on me all of a sudden because I make one point. No, that's all right. I just didn't know. All, thank you for letting me know because I was going to ask, so thanks for letting me know. Again, I really wasn't watching uh, Crockett Promotions all that closely, so I had no idea that was Ronnie Garvin. Midnight Express, this version is not my favorite version. Nevertheless, I love any version of the Midnight Express. They're better than this. They made the most of this. They bumped around. Poor Bobby Eaton. He didn't deserve this. I don't know what the hell was going on. They're wearing suits. Uh, he's bleeding everywhere again. That's the other thing is I don't know if these managers, if what the suits they were wearing were costumes or what they wore home or their own personal suits, but they all went balls to the wall. They they got their suits bloody, sweaty. Um, kudos to the managers tonight. That's all I can say. This match was just, in your words, Mark, it was what it was. Take it for what it is. I did not care for it. The tuxes and listening to Jim Cornette 
talk about these matches. The tuxes were actually rented, and Crockett had to pay for them afterwards, which didn't make didn't make any sense. Why the hell would you have them in this type of match? And you know they're going to get bloody. You know they're going to get ripped to hell, and they did. Um, the The best thing that come out of this match and Miss Atlanta Lively was a story that come out of the dressing room that the barbarian goes into the dressing room and he sees Miss Atlanta Lively there and he's not up to what's going on with this. Yeah, because dressing. he didn't know everybody's storyline. Yeah, back in the you day. didn't you didn't know this stuff. And old barbarian said, Hey, who's a nice chick? She's got a nice rack. Huh. And then it then Ronnie Garvin turns around and he realizes who it is, and he picks up his stuff and leaves the dressing room because he was so embarrassed. And this is the barbarian. He went and dressed in a janitor's closet. Nice. <laughs> I I have to. I, I agree with Joanne. I have to feel for uh, poor beautiful Bobby. Half the match, he had a freaking tire wrapped around him that made him look like uh, I. The missing link, or I, I, I don't know, maybe Eugene, Tiger or King. Something. Yeah, Tiger King. Bring it back to the 2020s. I don't know what the hell is going on, but it was a fun match. It was uh, the introduction to Extreme for all of us, I guess. It was fun. It was silly. Uh, uh. All right, next match in a cage. It's the Koloffs defending their. World Tag Team Championships against the Rock and Roll Express, and I, I'm going to jump on this first because I'm going to stir the pot and piss Chad off because uh, your boy Jim Cornette always talks about how he hates blind tags. Well, the Rock and Roll Express won this with a blind tag. He hates tags on the back. Did you see how the Rock and Roll Express won? Yes. Yep. Ricky gets. Robert tagged under. By the way, that finishing maneuver with the sun, the the flip over top, and Ricky rolling him up. Um, if that wasn't done correctly, three people could uh, have major neck injuries today. The so victory, kudos, victory roll. Yeah, kudos to all of them. But uh, Jim Cornette, for you bitching about blind tags, uh, this championship match, which led to you now fighting the Rock and Roll Express, four years, even today, if they could. Um, was won by a blind tag. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And Cornette has, you know, said about that. You know, people have brought that up to him. He was like, not, and you know, this might be him trying to cover his ass. Not that it was done as much back then as it ridiculously is now. Tagging feet, tagging their ass, tagging their back, tagging their head. You know, it's like 80% of the tags are everything but the hands. <laughs> great match. Great match, though, as I stir yeah. the plot. Go ahead, John. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a very good match. This is where I started to feel like, do we really need another cage match? Does this need to be in a cage? The Rock and Roll Express are so good that they didn't need to tell the bloodbath story they told a tag team match story that happened to take place within a cage because they're that damn good. However, had there been no cage here, the match would have been just as good, really. Um, the Russians are good. The, the Rock and Roll Express are good. 
the match grew on me. I was a little bummed that here we are in another cage match that I thought was just going to be another bloodbath. Turned out to be a really good tag team match. I love good tag team wrestling. Different than what we saw with Billy Jack Haynes and Wahoo against uh, the Andersons. Um, very good match. And the rock and roll, I think this is number three that they win here, if I'm not mistaken. Well, this match... Two. Two, I think. Chad says two. Um, this, <laughs> ma- this match was the main event of, I think, Greensboro. Because they were... I think what they were doing was bouncing back and forth, and maybe or whatever, because clearly the... They weren't going to take the... I think they just put it in a cage, because right after your Magnum Tully match, you sure as shit aren't going to rip down a cage... In the, right. matter, in the matter of the uh, Jimmy Valiant uh, Midnight Express match on the other card, because you see that sometimes it takes hours to put cages up, um, and they weigh six tons anymore. Back then, they were only four tons, so a couple guys could move right. them, but now. Um, right. So I just think they're like, oh, shit, we have this maybe slotted at the wrong time. Yeah, put it in a cage. Put it in a cage. Just, because, yeah, it was the end-all match between these guys. End of the feud. See you later. But uh, I I would agree it doesn't need to be in a cage. Yeah, it could have it could have been without without the cage been just as good of a match. They got around it a little bit by saying that it was in a cage to keep outside interference, you know, from Crusher Khrushchev, even though he was there. He was he was there, and Carnoodle was there, and Carnoodle was there. It you know eh that. Still a great match, not you know, totally expected from these two teams. This is when Nikita was kind of breaking out, um, and then you know he'd start his feud with Magnum. Right. The next, uh, well, yeah, not within within two a month. or three months. Yeah, yeah, of the thing before Magnum's accident the next year. Um, I just thought it was a good match. You know, again, Rock and Roll Express. They could wrestle a pair of brooms and have a good match out of it. Nikita, um, you could hear him during the course of the match, and you never heard his real voice, which really is a testament to how committed this guy was to the character. You know, it, it, you, you talk about things, or, or maybe they don't talk about it. Maybe they're just they're that good at it that they, they don't discuss what's coming up next. But you could hear Nikita during the match, but when you heard him, you heard Nikita's voice. You didn't hear, you know, uh, whatever his name, uh, his real name is, voice. Um, you know, you hear like, yeah, I'm a, no, I'm a, no, 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 or whatever. He's making me believe that they're Russian and they're speaking to each other. And uh, so that the rock and roll don't pick up on their game plan. It's the, it's the little details. Nikita doesn't get enough love. He does. I agree. I agree with that. And that, that was a big thing you hear. Arn Anderson talked about it at uh, WrestleCade and that. Nikita lived this character. He was doing it 24-7. I mean, even around the guys in the dressing rooms, on the planes and everything, and he he lived the gimmick, and it was it it was so believable. And then what does he do years later? He changes his name legally from Scott Simpson to Nikita Koloff. Scott Simpson, thank you. That's it. Yeah. Homer's brother. Right. Uh, and now we have the, the main event of Stargate 85, The Gathering, a classic. 
uh, as we all uh, will say, I'm sure, it is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, defending his championship against the son of a plumber, the common man, Dustin Rose. And let's start with John. Um, Man, on a card that was absolutely stacked with great matches, how do you follow all that? Well, you follow it by putting Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair on last. The crowd was so into this. Dusty struts, and they lose their shit. Um, great match. Just a great match. Ups and downs. Um, highs and lows. Uh, loved it. Loved it. Um, in the end, Dusty uh, fends off the Andersons who tried to interfere. Um, then Ole gets him with a knee in the back. Um, Flair goes for a body slam, gets inside cradled for the three. There was a change of referees as Tommy Young went down. Shout out to CJ Sensation to the current day Tommy Young. The overselling by Tommy Young is just unbelievable. Unreal. Uh, Great stuff, man. What can you say? Flair, I think, went over the top rope during the course of the match, or Flair did, or, or Dusty did, but the ref never saw it. But he did see it, but he got knocked out. This is going to be explained on a later episode of NWA television. Um, uh, Rhodes doesn't actually lead. He leads with the belt. He doesn't win the championship. It's returned to Ric Flair by the next TV taping. Yeah. Chad? Oh, uh- Another great match. Nothing that you shouldn't expect from these two. As I get older and I look at these matches and these guys, I don't have a problem with saying if there's ever two people that could work a crowd, whichever way they wanted to, have the crowd on the you know edge of their seats for every move, Dusty and Flair, top ten of all time. Oh yeah, for working for working a crowd, and then when they're working with each other, I mean, they just gelled so so well. Uh, this was around the time. This was the time that the Andersons beat up uh, Dusty, and he was wearing that special boot. So that kind of came into play a little bit. Is he's got the all white protective boot on compared to his cowboy boot? Um, the immense storylines just in this match uh, that extended for years. It, it could be going on right now. It, it's amazing. So uh, John's starting to get his workout in. So let's uh, wrap this up and uh, let's give this our rating on a six-pack as we do. Um, I, I have to imagine where we're all going. Uh, let's start with Chad. Out of beers, six-pack of beer, what do you give this? I'd give it a five and a half. Um, the only little bit of knock against it was the silliness with the Midnight Express match um, and the placement of some of the matches. Um, that was that was my only real knock against it. Obviously, John, John did say about the commentary in that. I think those three things, that, it knocks it down to only a half. So that should, to me, that should tell you a lot about the the card, card overall. English professor, total agreement. Five and a half for all the same reasons. 
Uh, well, then we we are all on the same boat of five and a half. Stellar card in 1985. Um, guys, I, I loved talking this old school stuff. It, it brought us back to uh, we were uh, possibly not even in double digits yet. Some of us might have been a teenager by now. But uh, this was our heyday. This is when we were grasping on to wrestling and saying, this shit is going to be in the, our life, the rest of our life. So how about... Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, I mentioned it about half a dozen times already, but it was going to be a few months before we started to get um, Jim Crockett promotions on a UHF channel uh, in my house. We didn't have cable. So my only introduction to this sort of thing was in magazines, um, some highlights here and there, but that was about it. It was great to actually actually go back and see this card start to finish. Uh my biggest thing that I want to, or two two things real quick about it was, they could learn again the way they shot it. You know uh, the the focus on the ring, and the talent. They could learn a lot from that today, and it was a low compared to today a low budget production. You don't have the pop and chipped up. Uh, announcers booths with the $5,000 monitors for every announcer and stuff like that. I I would just like to go more back to basics. And this show was a perfect example of what could be pulled off. I agree. All right. We, we are going to let you go uh, head to the downstairs gym at your house because I want you to stay well, wash your hands, stay quarantined. And uh, I know you guys, I'll give you your moment. I know you guys in Allegheny County are uh, being hit hard right now. So uh, you, you need to, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, John, send out your love for everybody dealing with this coronavirus. Uh, guys, stay home as much as you can. Seriously, this has been, I understand there are terrible things going on and I'm not trying to make light of it, but I do try to see the positive. I know people are, are, are without work. My wife and I are both home, um, but we're in, in fine situations right now watch wrestling guys it's just it's so much fun wake up have nothing to do put some old school wrestling on um the pictures you guys see on the facebook page that's uh, a spoiler alert that's me i'm playing with my toys 43 years old we'll be 44 here pretty soon play with your toys guys enjoy each other enjoy each other in the comfort of your own home uh chad mark stay safe guys Yes, sir. This is B. Brian Blair asking you to turn it into the Can Crushers podcast or you're going to get stung. All right, Chad, that was a great conversation about Starcade 85. Uh, we need to set more of those up. Maybe one of us will pick another one up because th- this is fun. Even with when wrestling gets back to going, I think minimally we need to do one one of those a month, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun looking back to the you know the time periods that we will obviously i don't think we're really going to be into reviewing newer stuff no i would i would the english professor probably will want to do something stupid yeah i mean he might do something like that but we can edit him out um and do our own but uh okay you know going back to the you know 80s and stuff like that the the beginnings of pay-per-view widespread pay-per-view the the cards and everything like that uh it's just, it was a 
it was the height of actual wrestling, not the circus stuff that we have in a lot of places today. Yeah. Um, all right, let's transition. And this is funny, you know, we're this far along into the show, and we're going to actually bring up WrestleMania. Uh, this is WrestleMania week. This is right now everything's supposed Nothing is going to happen. Uh, I am actually bummed that we're not going to get the Hall of Fame because I actually like those. I love those speeches. We're not getting takeover correctly. Um, uh, for the people that were going to go, I'm sorry, you're not going to get to go to Access. Uh, WrestleMania is going to be on uh, Saturday, so that's why we're going to talk about it tonight and maybe a little bit next week as well. But we'll only be able to talk about half of it because we come out on Sundays. Um, so much can change yet. Supposedly a lot of it's going to be pre-recorded and some of it's already been recorded. But I want to start right off the bat. Big breaking news this week as Roman Reigns not going to WrestleMania. This is a... Uh... It was not a shock to me. I can't say that I I wasn't thinking of the way that it went with his immune system being compromised um, from the leukemia and everything. Um, this is this is a good move, uh, the, be- the best move there is, and I'm glad that he did it. In um, minutes before recording, literally minutes before recording, uh, Uncle Dave Meltzer says, Hey... Uh, there's doctors saying that Roman Reigns should not be around for a long time until actually a vaccine is out for this. Um, we talked, all three of us, uh, spoiler alert, talked off air. We agree. Yeah. We, I mean, I, I, not a, as a storyline, I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. But as a human being, um, Joe does not need to go through this. No. This is just... It's putting them too much in danger. This goes beyond somebody having the sniffles and still wrestling or something like that. You know, this could kill him. Yeah. It. And he's not in the target, you know, age group or anything like that. This this could literally kill him. And I'm glad that he pulled out. Um, Others that have pulled out. Uh, Rey Mysterio. Sasha Banks. I seem to be remembering day or two ago. I didn't see that one, but um, there's o- like four or six people. Daniel Bryan, Oscar, and Cesaro. They now have released that their stuff was taped prior to whatever, so they may be on the card. It, it the thing is, what we're trying to say is what they're leaking to us as matches. You might not see that. Pre-recorded or not, you just don't know what you're going to get at WrestleMania. Um, Braun Strowman's supposed to be filling in against Goldberg. Last we heard. Yeah. Last we heard as well, Goldberg was to lose the title. Right? He's not going to be lingering around. This is what... I I know. We don't bring up spoilers a lot, but this is just way too big. It's not not concerning to me, but... Damn it, Vince! Just cancel the cancel, damn thing. Cancel it. Reschedule it. Make make some big freaking house show in Madison Square Garden Mad- in June, some, somewhere, wherever you're going. But that part of it aside, um, is my. Let me jump in real quick. Nobody it, wants to. Nobody wants. Sorry, I I had no. other part of my thought came to me. Who does Drew McIntyre deserve to get the title in? If, if that's where the plan is, I mean, Vince could change that. 
Right. You know, three seconds before the referee counts, he could change it. Um, the wrestlers deserve more. Their moment. They deserve their moment. And I hate this crap without fans. It, it kills the vibe. It kills everything about the presentation. Yeah. Um, I just think that the wrestlers deserve better. They deserve a bigger moment. They've gone through enough crap. Just post, just postpone it. I I would be for it because of that. Um, I know we're we're pulling for it, and we could get some feel good stories out of it. And it's as much as we do bash on the WWE week in week out. It's about the stories. It's not about the performances, the talent, or anything. Because Chad, let's let's say this right now. I I'm in. I, they're great workers because they can carry a storyline with nobody in the crowd supporting them and that's half of their where they get their juice their energy their flow from they are the best of the best let's let's give them that it's the stories that we hate we want them in different stories right yeah things that make more sense you know not something that's thrown together you know a month or so um you know we've been over this cut down pay-per-views blah 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 you know i I just, a lot of them, they get their vibe. They, like you said, they get their energy from the crowd, and it's just not the same. And anybody who thinks that it's even close to being the same, all you got to do is read online that, you know, during commercials, during breaks, stuff like that, they stop wrestling. The and one, then they start back up. When it, it's yeah. like, and, that, and that I don't hate them for that. Them. And I don't hate no. them for that. It just kills the momentum. It kills everything for them. Yeah. I don't see it, but knowing that it happens, it's like, oh, what were they doing? Getting a, you know, getting Touch, a drink, touching maybe, up, touching up on the makeup, you know, whatever. Uh, guys, I'm gonna say support it. I am really going to say support WrestleMania this coming Saturday, and we'll talk about. Half of WrestleMania next week, but uh, let let's go through um, and just go through our shtick. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all of it's at CanCrusher69. We are getting some emails in about uh, Ask Can Crushers, um, and you can email us at CanCrusher69 at gmail.com. So I would say probably in a month we're gonna we're gonna roll with that Ask Can Crushers thing. Head over to our website; it's posted everywhere. Um, you can. We haven't said this in a long time because I've just been dropping the ball. We're out there everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, blah, 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 blah. Anywhere podcasts are, we're pretty much on it. Uh, give us a listen, whatever your easiest uh, streaming device is. You can find us. You can listen to it on Facebook as well. And we're putting older stuff uh, up on YouTube with uh, some video clips, not video clips, just pictures and everything as uh, we're working out some of our not issues we're just playing around with youtube right now because you never know you never know when you're going to see the inside of the studio as we go live it's going to happen it's at you, some point yeah yeah and another cool app it's called the wrestle post app guys we talk about this it, when wrestling is back up this guy he works on it on his own he really does has a ton of federations on there. If you're in Montana and you want to go to wrestling, you know, boom, pull it up, and boom. There's a wrestling show five miles down the road. Uh, there's wrestlers on there that you can get linked to if you don't want to do the work on Twitter and everything. There's other podcasts. It, it, it's a great app that's uh, accessible 
for everything. If you're a wrestling fan and you're you do any multimedia, you need to be on this. Yeah, it, it's a great app. Uh, we didn't talk about Dark Side of the Ring. Let, let, let's let's we, talk about it. Let no, we're over an hour and a half already again. Well, because we could. What are we gonna talk about next week? This week we can talk about the Benoit thing next week and New Jack thing next week. We'll be a little bit behind, but maybe the English professor can catch up. Just remember that, or the uh, the Benoit thing. Sorry, um, emotional. Yeah, uh, very good, very good. The New Jack one. Gonna I'm be looking, completely emotional. I'm looking way. forward to because rage, dude, is. As calm as can be till you get his ass wound up, and then he's a psycho. Yeah, so definitely next week we'll talk about Dark Side of the Ring. Um, maybe more Tiger King, just because Chad will finally watch the damn thing. But uh, go to ratethispodcast.com backslash cancrushers and uh, give us some feedback. Uh, we, we love that. Otherwise, it's a sad WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Week, more or less. It's a not, I mean, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. There's never a bad time. This is just when your um, options are limited. Live stuff isn't really going on. It's it's filler stuff. It will be back. Um, I think this is going to turn into a big wake-up call for a lot of places in the quality and stuff like that that they put on. Um, Continue to vote on Facebook on the coolest wrestling gimmick, by the way. Uh, we've had a, a lot of matches that just bared people. I'm shocked. There is one match at WrestleMania that's coming up that this is a must-see match. If you say it, you're, I'm stopping. Get away from me. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Otis with Mandy Rose at Not ringside. Not as a surprise. Not as a surprise, though. Mandy Rose at ringside with Ziggler. I'm calling it right now. Otis rescues her, or she she turns on Ziggler, and they get Otis and they get Mandy get married, or they're a big couple. This is finally the payoff to one of the most stupid, um, stupid, entertaining, stupid, um, realistic storylines. WWE has had in years. If this does anything, I hope it separates Mandy and Sonya and Sonya lays waste to all of them. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Guys, it's WrestleMania weekend. Uh, it's rough to watch wrestling. There's a ton of different apps. Find them. YouTube's got a shitload of stuff. Just Smoky Mount. Look up the Smoky Mountain um, pay-per-views. All of them are on YouTube. Quality isn't on some of it, but it's not horrible that you can't watch. Uh, Great freaking wrestling. Oh, my God. Great wrestling. And one last time, stay home, wash your hands, enjoy your family. Do not spread this virus. Yeah.